How old are you? 35. Ah, you're a baby. You're a baby. <laughs> okay, so so when I was when I was a kid, every mm -hmm. single day they would have the the death count on the news from Vietnam. How many Americans mm -hmm. versus uh, Vietnamese? And so I, I grew up in the middle of all of that. And then I lived in a house with really well-educated nuns and priests that would come over on the weekends that were family that would talk mm -hmm. about Vietnam in ways no one else was talking about. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, I, so I watched all that develop and the stuff in Cambodia that basically everybody knew, but everybody just kind of winked and looked the other way. And so yeah. I don't know from your perspective, you know, India or England, what the news was when you were younger, because it's mostly, not mostly, especially 30 years ago, it was basically controlled in England, you know? Mm. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that, how that plays out now, but for, for anyone that's listening to, you know, you and I are talking about a series on Netflix called um, how, how to make a tyrant or, how, a tyrant how to is made. how to become a tyrant, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Even even better. Yeah, it's like the YouTube dad that doesn't yell. It's it's mm -hmm. a, it's a step by step. But so all of those people that you witnessed there outside of um, the guy in Germany, you know, I did mm -hmm. I didn't have any exposure to any of that, but I did to all of those other people. I still remember Idi Amin because he seemed like the nicest, gregarious, great guy, and he was just murdering people right and left. Oh, yeah, he comes across like this funny little uh -huh. uncle that you have. <laughs> and then you're like, right. oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, he's the sick, twisted one. <clears throat> so I don't, um, what worries me at this point, and, and, you know, once again, I don't know how it is in India or if, or if, you know, you can even talk about that part of it. But over here, that's what's being sold. So mm -hmm. I don't know. And maybe it's because that series came out, but. A lieutenant governor from either North Carolina or Black Car or, or uh, North Carolina or South Carolina um, mm -hmm. literally mentioned all of those people in a speech to Moms for Liberty, which is like the modern day version of the Tea Party. You know, it's 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 they're they're not a grassroots organization. It's a well organized machine. Um, mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, we need to be reading these people and studying these people. And, you know, Pol Pot was probably the worst one out of all of those. That was the guy who was in charge of Cambodia. Okay. And when you're telling people that that's the guy you need to study, I'm a little concerned. Because, as you know, I'm on the ground here. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm getting – I don't know if I'm getting arrested or not. But I <laughs> the, sworn, the sworn affidavits are in. So <laughs> can, can we please go through that? Because I just saw that on Facebook okay. that you got oh, – yeah. I was doing a GoFundMe for my legal fees. Let me let me tell you why. Because there's an mm -hmm. actual reason for that. You know, I'm a bit of a prideful prick. So ordinarily, I would never ask anybody for anything. But I had a mm -hmm. teacher friend of mine and go, look, you're working for our struggle. Give people the opportunity to kick in 5 or $10 towards your legal fees. Because you would not have them if you mm -hmm. hadn't been fighting for our struggle. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I will. Um, and so I probably literally already got half of what I need for my legal fees in, in two days and, oh, wow. and God bless it. Yeah. God bless everybody who kicked in, you know, and they went from $5 to 200 bucks, I think was the biggest one. 
All right. So mm -hmm. the actual story, I'm not asking any listeners for money, but if you want to, I'm willing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so find him on GoFundMe, but also do follow us <laughs> the podcast on Spotify. <laughs> Look at me after sh shamelessly plug the show while you're fighting for a nice cause. <laughs> well, so, so here's the, Here's the weird thing, and this is something you and I, I assume, probably are 100% in agreement on. Education is the only way out of poverty. Oh, yeah. If you started lower or lower middle class, what are your guys? Mm -hmm. Untouchables, what's the next one up? The next one. You yeah, guys get some crazy-ass names for your yeah, stuff. Yeah, we do have some weird ones, too. Untouchables is about as shitty as it gets, no pun intended. That's a mean, but I, I assume it's intended to, it's intended to be mean, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, you, a couple of bottom rung folks, it's the only way out. And so being another occupied country, like you guys were from the Brits, that was it. If you yep. weren't educated, you literally working on a, I don't, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how, how, how great you are at inventing things. If you don't, if you don't have an education, you can't go anywhere with it. So um, I've always grown up knowing that, and, and I find it important for the next generation of Americans. I don't understand why we're trying to dumb down the next generation. Mm -hmm. There's only so many people we can import from all over the world to, to do these things. We do need some homegrown ideas here. You know, we do. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, I go to our state school board meeting. <laughs> and... Uh, and I've, I've talked about this guy, Ryan Walters, a few times. And for, for those internationals listening, this guy is literally a white supremacist. And he gave the white power sign to our version of the Congress here in Oklahoma, which is our House and our Senate. It's designed the same way as the U.S. House and Senate is, if you're familiar, kind of like the House of Commons and Lords in England. But mm -hmm. you guys are way, they were way more fun over there. Ours is a little more stiff. So... If you're flashing the white power sign there while you are doing an incompetent job and he is there to end our education system and he just makes no bones about it. He's fired everyone around him. So you look at the, the show we were watching. He has yeah. these people bring him into office and then he turns on all of them and he's dropping them one by one. But instead of back in the day when you were man enough to kill somebody, he just fires them, you know, and tries to shut them up. Yeah. I mean, he, he needs to go back and read Machiavelli if he's really going to do oh. some stuff because Machiavelli lines it all out pretty well. You don't need to watch this show to, to get it. But so, so I am a very vocal advocate for public education. I went to private education. I sent my kids to private education. There's nothing wrong with public, public education. If you want to be smart, you will at least go as far as your mother went or a little bit further just on your own. But if you really yeah. want to do well, you have to do a thing called study groups. Now, your people, excellent at it. Other <laughs> excellent at it. There's groups in the world that are great at it. But the pride in the white community, Hispanic community, and African-American community does not allow us to say we need to be in a group to become better. Our yeah. whole mantra in life is that we personally have to be better. A it's radical just ridiculous. Individualism. <laughs> right. And it and it's 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 killing us. It is literally killing us. So I'm preaching a lot here, Deepak. I'm sorry. I know. So I um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me that. So, Preach, brother. Go on. <laughs> How many people do you say, education is what matters these days? Not too many. All right. So the deal is I go to these meetings and, and I know this guy's a fraud. I've watched him through his whole campaign and everything else. And I've been in politics my entire life. So I can spot these guys a mile away. Yeah. They may be good at saying rhetoric. And for those of you who don't know what rhetoric is, Google it. It just means you're saying things three times. You're trying to get the same message across and stuff. So he's he's okay at rhetoric, but he's really turning out to not be very smart. And mm -hmm. that is even more insulting because he's in charge of public schools. And you and I have talked about him a few times, and I always go, I don't know if this guy's rickrolling us or if he's really mm -hmm. this stupid. I, I think I've determined he is really this stupid. I am trying to find a way to get him out of office before he ruins our public ed system here. People worldwide think American schools suck. And what it is, is American schools don't suck. Specific American schools suck. And it's usually in communities that need education the most. And we have yeah. figured out ways to underfund them, not send the best people, assume that they just are incapable of learning, and then we started mm -hmm. stuff called charter schools, and that pulled off the best parents and students, and not the best parents, but the parents who are engaged in education. So they move their mm -hmm. kids to another school where all of the parents are engaged. It's basically a private school, and the kids do better, but it leaves behind all of these other kids that now no longer get to see a professional, a doctor, a physician, a lawyer, uh, nurses, teachers as, as your friend's parents. Where if your parents weren't of that level, you at least got to see these other people. So it's possible. You have yeah. something to strive to. And we've eliminated that entire network. It's gone. And now we're doing it further by funding private schools um, that are religious based. And that is a huge deal here in America. We like to keep religion separated because, you know, I mean, India and Pakistan. Why are you guys separated? Religion. England, yeah. Scotland, Wales, Ireland. Why have we fought for 2,000 years? Religion. So um, I'm neither for or against any religion. Whoever you want to give your money to, give it to them. I don't care. Um, but I don't want to pay for your kids to go there. So, so I've been on this guy. I think it's fair to say I've latched onto this guy's leg about almost a year ago. And mm -hmm. God, for, God forbid anybody latches onto my leg like I do other people. But I have just crucified him, and he keeps rolling along. And this, So at these meetings you're allowed to get up and speak for three minutes. And I have never been disrespectful to the guy at a meeting. I am online, but I'm that way to a bunch of people online. And they're that way mm -hmm. to me. But in the meetings, I've been respectful. So there's Thursday night, I, I think, no, Wednesday night, and then Thursday's the meeting, I think is the actual recall. And there is a conservative PAC meeting called OC PAC. And they are telling people that these radical liberals have been going to the meetings and causing mayhem which was quite frankly not true, but stirring up their base. And their mm -hmm. base are older. They're not young people. They're older. They got the time. And they're telling them they do all the stuff I do, which is kind of kind of irritating. And, and, and I'm actually proud of them for doing it the right way. They showed videos of how to get into the building, where to park. I mean, these are literally all things that I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I show up the next day and, and all these people are out front and, one of them's got like 10 flags hanging off his car and stuff. So I know it's going to be a little rambunctious. So 
I go in, there are two men blocking the door to go into the meeting. And in America, we have a thing called the Open Meetings Act. If it's open, anybody can get in. But you, if you're the one putting it on and you're expecting more people, you're supposed to get a bigger venue so it's comfortable. And these guys haven't done it. They purposely done it so everyone's squeezed into one room because they want something to happen. And what they think is some guy like me is going to snap. And I don't snap in those situations. I just, you know, I've been in a hundred of them. And these, these amateurs don't have any idea what they're <laughs> yeah. dealing with. So these two old guys, one of them, older gentleman, one of them is giving out numbers to people for seats inside the building. And he has yeah. no right to do this. He, he is not in charge. But everybody starts thinking he works for the state of Oklahoma because he has nice printed numbers. I mean, this is, this is how you become a tyrant. You control who goes in the room. Yeah. There's only 30, 30 seats in the room, Deepak. And how many numbers does he have? 30. 30. Uh, what a dick. Right. <laughs> and, and, they've been, and they've been given to his friends. And sorry, I'm looking at my bread real quick. And they've been given to his friends. And then a couple of other people. So, he, so I can't say you only gave them to your friends. The mm -hmm. large majority of them were to his friends. So... Okay. I walk in and there's a, a young lady that wants to speak and, and I go, Oh God, you're, you're the most important person here because you know, you're, she was 12 or something. And I go, cause you're mm -hmm. still in school. The rest of us are just, you know, we have an opinion on it. None of us have been in school for 30 years and you know, we got grandkids mm -hmm. or kids in there. <clears throat> she goes, well, I, okay. And, and I go, um, but you got to move towards the front. These people are going to block the front so they can get the seats first and, and control the environment. And she, and, you know, she's puzzled. And I go, here, let me show you how it's done. And I go, move up front. I don't push anybody or anything else. There's a hole that develops. And I go in and and then I see these people with numbers. And, mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah, all the numbers have been given away. And I'm like, what numbers? And they go, you know, the numbers for the seats inside. And I'm like, where the hell were the numbers given out? Where's the sign saying I needed to get a number? You know, where's the information mm -hmm. piece on this? Where is somebody that works here that knows what the hell's going on? Nobody knows anything about it. And this older guy that turns out his nickname is Old Ranger. And then this big old six foot five, 270 guy are the ones blocking mm. the door. And Old Ranger goes, yeah, the tickets have already been let out. And I go, who tickets. in the F? <laughs> I'm like, who in the F are you? And uh, <laughs> Tickets is a lot of weight for little shitty pieces of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so I... Uh, so I go, you got no right to be handing out papers. Do you work for the state? And he goes, no, I don't. And I go, then what then the fuck are you doing? This is not your job. Because I see that they're essentially choosing the audience to go inside. Uh, Very tyrant move. You don't have mm -hmm. let any of the opposition in, but it looks like you have a fair and open meeting. So some lady next to him starts, you know, yell, are you a teacher? And I'm like, no, I'm not a teacher. Why? And she goes, because you just cussed. And I go, yeah, I own a pub. Nobody cares what I say. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, just a, it's a very low bar. And so I'm paying attention to who's talking to me to see if they're all working together. Because that's mm -hmm. what matters to me. Are you working together to keep us out? Yeah. So since that day, I have an argument back and forth with him. Some teacher tries to go by and go into the room and the big old giant guy grabs her and pulls her. Now, I don't. I'm going to cut this guy some slack and say, I don't think he intended to assault her, but he was mm -hmm. double her size. So when he pulled her, she hit a wall and dropped to the ground. That's straight up assault. 
So mm-hmm. this this guy in a black polo and khaki pants comes out and gets in the middle of that and tries to straighten it out. And then the big guy starts kind of wanting to fight with him and bumps up against his chest a couple of times. The guy turns out to be Department of Public Safety, which is police. But he, no, I, I did not know that at the time. So they asked this guy to leave and, and he leaves. And then this, this Department of Public Safety guy, who I don't know who he is, comes up and mm-hmm. tells me I've got I've to keep it down and, and get orderly or something like that or he can't go in. He goes, you need to go outside. And I go, no, I'm not going anywhere. I came here to speak. These guys are blocking the door. And as soon as I say that, he goes, ah. And I'm like, what? I go, these guys are blocking. And he keeps interrupting me with these weird noises like, ah, ah. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, oh, what kind of grown-ass man talks like this? Seriously. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so nothing gets solved on that. He goes back in to take care of the big old tall dude. And this... Mm-hmm. Other guy puts his walker in front of me, Deepak. It's a Saturday Night Live video at this point. His walker. <laughs> and then, then he goes... You can't, you can't do anything, Sean. <laughs> I, I know, right. And thank God the Oklahoman, our local newspaper, had a camera on me from behind because I've got a file in my left hand. So you can mm-hmm. see I'm not swinging at him, threatening or anything. And yes, I'm loud. He's violating my First Amendment rights and my right to assemble. I'm, I'm pissed. And uh, so he's like, let the lady through at the walker. I go, no, this is first come, first serve. We all get through. He's like, no, you are not a gentleman, sir. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, no. What made you is think like that the, was the case? Is this right. like the 1800s? <laughs> was he going to remove a... You have, you have cursed in front of the ladies. And this guy, dude, I don't even know what to do with it. It's so crazy. And... Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm just waiting to go in and he gets in front of me like face to face, you know, I'm going to fight you kind of thing. But he keeps trying to say these really weird, antiquated terms. So uh-huh. you need to have manners and this and this. And I'm like, yeah, you're violating my rights. The manners, manners are out. I, that's what I found weird. This guy's violating literally my first, the biggest thing in the Constitution, my First Amendment rights. And he's mm-hmm. lecturing me about not being a gentleman about it. No. Nah. Right. Kind of classic. And you go, yeah, you're not behaving properly in this fight, like chivalry or some BS like that. And you go, no, I'm here to here to take care of things. So two highway patrols. You just look at him and be like, please shut the fuck up and move from my way. <laughs> I did. I did more than once. And then he would come back with some weird retort that made no sense. So mm-hmm. the highway patrol would come and take me out of the building. And uh, and I'm going out, and so I'm paying attention to everybody I'm seeing. And then the next day, I get a video of a meeting the night before where all those people were doing the planning. Everybody uh-huh. that was aggravating the circumstance was more than likely at that meeting. But especially, and I hate to say this, a Catholic priest, my people, was mm-hmm. there, and he was at the, at the meeting the next day as well. So what what gets weird is we get out in front, And this guy, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what in the hell did you make me leave the meeting for? I had a right to speak in there. He goes, you're inciting a riot. And I go, sir, you've Mm. never been in a riot, have you? This this isn't inciting. I was arguing with one guy. He goes, nope, Mm -hmm. you were arguing with all these people. And I go, because all of his friends kept yelling stuff at me while I was arguing with him. I said, Mm -hmm. I have a right to say something back. He goes, nope, you're inciting a riot. And I go, I need you to... I need you to stop saying that, sir. I'll call my lawyer and he can explain to you what inciting a riot means because obviously something missing. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And I keep trying to explain to him what the guy is doing with the numbers. That guy's still yeah. inside while myself and the big giant dude are outside. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so this guy gets angry enough or frustrated enough with me to go get me a complaint form. I fill mm-hmm. it out, and he goes inside and finds out that I'm telling the truth about the guy with the numbers and everything. No here's, what saves, here's what saves my ass as a protester. <laughs> he on camera says to everybody, this man does not work for the state of Oklahoma. I don't know why he's giving numbers to you, but they don't <laughs> count. It's an open meeting. None of these numbers count. Verifying every damn thing I'd said. Mm-hmm. So it looks like everything's over at this point. They let those two guys go. And, and the guy goes, well, what are you going to do? And I go, well, you, you ruined my opportunity to speak. So I'll just go over and do some social media and 40,000 people will see it that way. I mean, I'm, he goes, yeah. sounds good. And he leaves. Huh. So, right. I'm like, so you got a guy that assaulted a cop got to leave a guy faking like he was a state employee and blocking Mm -hmm. access to people to a room and they both got to leave and you think i was inciting a riot and i get to leave only in this world could this happen (laughs) Mm -hmm. so John, if you had got a heavy tan that day (laughs) oh dude you know they'd have beat me they'd have beat me senseless oh yeah yeah, I, I assumed that was inferred in my conversation there. I'm trying to stay out of legal trouble. Because <laughs> believe me, somebody will be listening to this tomorrow and they'll be trying to find yeah. one little sentence that I got wrong. Um, so nothing happens for about a week and I get a message from somebody showing that these two gentlemen have been charged, or not charged, but an affidavit. So an affidavit is where mm-hmm. it starts. The officer rise, writes a sworn statement saying, this is what I saw, which was not entirely accurate, I can point out. Um, but so then the district attorney or or the attorney general, because we don't even know who governs this area because it's capital mm-hmm. grounds. Who's oh. in charge? Right. Oh, yeah, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then they charge you with a crime and you either surrender or they come get you, you know, a perp mm-hmm. walk, which believe me, I'll call my publicist before that shit. Uh, so, so I think that 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 these two guys have been charged having no idea they'd sent mm-hmm. in an affidavit on me as well. Oh, and I'm like, hey, yeah, right. So I'm like, what the hell did I do? Inciting a riot and interfering with government business is what they're saying I did. Now, mm-hmm. what's what's sad is I have to hire a lawyer to get ready to defend myself. And I had to remove, you know, funds from the bank, from the bank to cover bail in case I get arrested, all of this shit for being the victim. I know. And and literally, I know everybody says they're not guilty. I'm guilty of being louder, but you know, I didn't incite a rioter and there was no meeting going on. So there was no business to interfere. Mm -hmm. You know, there has to be, there has to be business to interfere, to get charged with that. Right. So None of that matters. Anyway, I had to, so I, I had this teacher and she goes, Hey, look, you know, you're doing all this stuff for us and the kids and the schools do a GoFundMe and let us all share the misery and chip in a couple of dollars. And then these guys yeah. know that you have support. So if they do it m- next month or the following mm-hmm. month, they know that you're not going to run out of money. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So 
That was a long ass goddamn story, Deepak. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> it is so weird. Like we always like outsiders looking in always just assume that America works perfectly, especially with my immigrant mentality, right? I always right. look at oh, it yeah. and I'm like, oh my God. It almost doesn't sound like you're describing something that happened there. Right. So so my my concern here is um groups like the Moms for Liberty that are openly, I mean, they've quoted Adolf fucking Hitler on some oh. of their advertising. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I both know from being in marketing, it's a test. How much attention did it get? Well, it yeah. got national attention. So now all of a sudden they're this national group and then they've got these elected officials. And I didn't say that guy from North or South Carolina, which everyone it was, a Lieutenant governor was black. And he's saying this stuff and you go, and they can manage to find some shit bag somewhere to say these crazy things. But you and I both know that's how you get in the news. Yeah. If it bleeds, think, it leads. It, yeah. Think about it. They made the, the Ryan Walters story of him talking about critical race theory, not being about color that got yeah. Guardian, the BBC. I saw mm-hmm. it on the times of India. Oh, dear Lord. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. I so know. <laughs> here's, for any of you listening, that guy is my nemesis. Literally, that is the person I'm fighting against right there. So so that the day all of the uh, legal stuff goes out, I had agreed mm-hmm. to do two television interviews. As you know, when you're getting charged with a crime, you're not supposed to go in, do interviews because <laughs> you'll say stupid shit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd already, I'd already promised to do it, so I had to fall through with him. <laughs> and then that night is that meeting where he said that. And okay. and a friend of mine that is in work somewhere in publishing, let's put it that way, goes, man, you're not going to Norman tonight, are you, Sean? And I go, no, I'm going to take one day off. And that's when all <laughs> that shit happened. Oh, wow. I mean, right, but I'm happy I wasn't there because they'd have tried to figure out some way to get me again. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that is, so he has officially become a tyrant. When you have a, a an item called the Tulsa Race Massacre, and you literally, your white power people, you're saying, well, I don't want to teach it to be about race. Mm-hmm. Um, Might as well just call I, it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in that case, right? If right. you want to remove the word race from it. <laughs> right. Well, and, and so... I, I don't think people around the world understand how much genocide took took mm-hmm. took place in America. Um, we not only wiped out most of the natives and and that, you know, I mean, the same way they did with you guys. Separate the mm-hmm. tribes. You go after them one at a time with an organized army. That yeah. is very much like the, the standard. Um, what's the name of the British company that wasn't really the British company? The, the East India Company, which yeah. is technically their military arm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're the gray shirts of England and India. Mm-hmm. So, so we had we had the same stuff here, and and then what people didn't know is as cultures start to do better, I don't know what happened on that deal in Tulsa to spark it, nor does it matter. Um, they burned down their entire area of the city, and literally killed as many people as you could. And some way or another, it was covered up for a hundred years. Yeah, totally. So my wife and I, she was running for statewide office and we're in Tulsa mm-hmm. and we're in Greenwood where it happened. And they've got like a museum there and she's speaking mm-hmm. at an event and we have never heard of it in our lives ever. Wow. 
and she is running for lieutenant governor at the time. <laughs> so we meet the three surviving people that were still alive. We see all this stuff and we're like, what in the hell happened here? And years later, I had a guy that worked for me and he goes, yeah, my, my grandpa was one of the guys flying the planes over the top, dropping gasoline bombs on the houses. And I was like, are you shitting me? And this guy was Jewish. And I was like, how are you as a Jew okay with him bombing an entire black neighborhood? And he goes, well, I mean, I'm not okay with it, but that's what happened. Mm. I was like, shit. So these were just random citizens. The newspaper had basically a front page call out for everybody to go down there and take care of things. And uh, yeah, yeah they burn it to the ground. So I... Uh... The Guardian had actually given background on that. It started with an article in the newspaper about yep. a black guy. They said that he misbehaved and, with someone on an elevator yeah. or something. Hit on a white girl in an elevator, mm -hmm. which, you know, back then it's the South. Oof. Yeah, yeah. That, would, that would get you killed back then. But it wouldn't get everyone killed. It would just get you killed. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, to 300 people and, oh. And, it, and the, the biggest thing is, is this was a, a thriving business community. And, uh, and you, you look at it and go, look, we live in a state of defeated people. So we have former slave African-Americans. We've got native tribes are all beat, um, except the Osage Indians were not beat, just by the way, the Osage Nation. Um, they bought their land. Um, but all the other defeated tribes were moved here. The Scots-Irish that basically were either starved out of Ireland and uh, – Scotland, so the Brits could come through and graze cattle. Um, mm -hmm. And that's essentially what we are comprised of here. Mm -hmm. So the fact that all of these other folks would turn on this specific community and commit genocide, which I don't know why we call it anything other than genocide. You know, I mean, you, you eliminated their town and built a fucking highway over it and a baseball park. Yeah, that would like be nothing happened. the definition of genocide, right? <laughs> right. I mean, let's see, what did they have in common? They were all black. Oh, okay. And, and who killed them? Uh, those were white people. And they did it on the ground, in the air, and everything else. And you go, oh, that's that's legitimately genocide. That's that's what genocide is. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> shit, Deepak, it's, <laughs> it's nuts that, that we're still arguing over this nuance. And, and yeah. This is over not wanting to make the the parents and children feel uncomfortable for the actions of their grandparents. Yeah. You know, and it's not their fault, but it would be okay to tell the truth at this point. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, you should be able. See, that was the main purpose of even in South Africa, the <clears throat> end of apartheid. They correct. did have that Truth and Reconciliation yeah. Commission. It right. was supposed yeah. to be that way. Desmond Tutu was a huge yeah. proponent of the confessions of the white prisoners. I mean, the white yeah. uh, wardens of those different jails were important to help the yeah. black community move forward. Right. And so live what, what ends up happening with somebody like me is this this kind of stuff will come up. And I, you know, I'm, I'm like anybody. I'm like, hey, we had, we had nothing to do with it. Nobody from my family was even in the country. You know, and so I get that. That doesn't mean I don't want to know about it. Does yeah. that make sense? But, you know, if my I, dad did it, Jesus, I'd be like, Dad, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Jesus. The, the worst part was I think I found out about it on that HBO show called Watchmen. 
till I realized it really? was a true story. So a couple of years ago, this was, yeah, this was when I lived in the village and there was a show on HBO where it was like this right. weird, it's like, I think it's based on a DC comic or whatever the hell. And in that right. part of the show is technically shot in Tulsa where they showed this entire massacre. Wow. And in that show, they used the actual footage that was there. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like there's little see crop the dusting um, planes. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the guy's um, grandpa. Oh, wow. And I don't, you know, fuck if that was my grandpa, for one, I would just lie and say, yeah, I, 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 uh. <laughs> we evidently lived here at the time, but I think we were out of town, you know, <laughs> some crazy. So the, the challenge to all of that also is um, we had just recently become a state. So yeah. we didn't, we didn't really have, I mean, we didn't have an organized, the whole state had different governments, tribal lands, all this other stuff. Very confusing, mm -hmm. much like where we are right now again. Um, it's confusing as to who has mm -hmm. legal rights over anything at this point. But I know, I don't, I mean, I'm, yeah. I own my little house. I don't, I don't have anything on the other stuff, but it is, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, Deepak, this is, did I ever tell you about my kid's mom going back to Ireland? I I don't want to bore everybody with more. Okay, so my kid's mom is native. So she's um, Dutch. So she's like six foot tall. And then she's Choctaw and Seminole. And so um, she had more, you know, the jet black hair, big giant black eyes. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, and so we, we go back to Ireland and one of my cousins and this is, you know, nobody's even been drinking yet. Just goes, hey, you know, we're glad you're here and everything. But before anything else, um, man, I just want to apologize for the stuff that our people did to your people. You know, we just didn't know any better. You know, that's mm -hmm. what the English did with us. And we just thought, oh, that's what we got to do to these people to, to get to own some land and, and grow some stuff. And I just want you to know. And she goes, oh, that's OK. And he goes, no, 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 it's not OK. Mm -hmm. Um it's horrific and I'm embarrassed that our people who should have known better did mm -hmm. that. And she goes, Oh, don't worry about it. And he goes, and you know, you could see, he's like, is there some kind of fucking disconnect with her that she did, <laughs> but she didn't, um, she never talked about being native or, and her relatives that I met said they were black Dutch. They would never say that they were native. So they okay. never, never had any, any connection with any of it. And, mm -hmm. uh, and she was like, it's okay. And he was like, no, it's it's not okay. <laughs> so it ended up being my cousin over there. And I sat there and went, oh, that's how this stuff kind of needs to work. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, she was uncomfortable for a minute, but mm -hmm. it was nice. And at least it's out there. <clears throat> because yeah. it was mostly poor, uneducated Scots, Irish, and Germans that they, you know, send in to go clean these guys out. Oh yeah. yeah, they were they were disposable, <laughs> right? Yeah, they didn't give two shits about us either, and they half the time they probably went and shooting us after we cleared them out. You know, it, it, uh -huh. America's past is so so ugly. It, but every Sean, it's like the it's like the infrastructure problem, right? Anytime America yeah. needed infrastructure first, they were like, just throw some Chinese at that problem, they'll right. fix it. <laughs> Next, they were like, oh, right. throw the Irish at it, they'll nail those railroads down. <laughs> So I, I used to work with this Chinese guy. He sold liquor to my restaurant, and he was like, uh, "You know, you know what? I, I'm trying to remember the way he put it because I don't want to say it wrong, but it was something like uh, a lucky Chinaman or the 
or the lucky chimes, whatever the, whatever the deal was. And it was because they would all be down in the tunnels and they didn't know on payday whether they were going to drop bombs down to kill them or pay them. <laughs> <laughs> really? They did that? Yeah. Oh, God, so yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, think of, think of Australia. So it was a penal colony. It was a British penal colony. And they've turned out pretty well. And I don't know why we didn't um, find some more middle ground. I think we're we seem to be more a little on the extremes, um, you know. But uh, but Australia was like, well, this is where we are. Let's make the best of it. But they they did the same stuff to the Aborigines there. Oh yeah, uh, any any play anything horrible that has happened in the world, <laughs> you will find some <laughs> semblance of the British presence there. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. They either organized it or taught everybody how to do it. One or the other. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Ah. So I, I think a, a couple of other things here in Oklahoma, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I got to figure out a way to say this if somebody doesn't use it against me in a campaign. Cause I, I talked to, I got a, obviously a bunch of people I know that are native and, and they go, and you know, you go, Hey, but you guys are making money now. You got casinos, you got this, you got this. And they go, mm -hmm. yeah, it's cause we finally got white lawyers. <laughs> we used to use our own people and send them to law school and everything. And they were like, no, these white lawyers seem to do something different. And they, and they believe that's what brought them up. Those specific people, not probably not everybody, but yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. well, different way to okay. fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> crazy times all over the world. Um, we're back now from commercial break <laughs> with Sean's right. technical problems. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I had somebody that could tell me what to do. Us old people. <laughs> okay, when we were when we were leaving to break, we were talking about the Netflix series "How to Become a Tyrant," and oddly enough, I just did a um, TikTok video on us talking about it in India. <laughs> so so here's here's the thing. So this this guy gets worldwide um, attention. But what Ryan happens Walters. is, yes, Ryan Walters, our state school superintendent, who none of us should even know his name if he was doing his job properly. Like, we mm -hmm. should never even hear about him. Schools would work fine and everything else. Um, so he gets all of this worldwide attention. That just brings in more money for him. Yeah. Can you imagine right. the nut jobs all over the world who donated to his campaign after they read that article in The Guardian saying that yeah. this guy is an idiot? <laughs> right. And and religious extremists, which oddly enough, we've gone to war with with other countries and probably took down Tony Blair for joining us in the in the deal in Iraq and ended his <laughs> career, you know, getting suckered into that deal. Um, the coalition of the willing alone, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, there's a gang fight. You got to get in. You got to get in. <laughs> um, so the, the deal with, with Ryan, so here's here's the guy's administration. So there's Ryan, yeah. and there's three 30-year-old men. So there's four 30-year-old men. Two of the guys don't even have children. So why they would have even opinions on school is beyond me. And they brought this guy up from Texas who most of the people he's ever worked for lose or get or get not voted back in office because he just mm -hmm. says all this stupid, weird, crazy shit that it's even hard to argue with because it's so stupid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I like to argue with people, but I don't like to argue with stupid people because yeah. it doesn't turn out well. So 
Ryan is looking for higher office. I, I know our governor thought he was going to be DeSantis's vice president. Evidently, that's mm-hmm. supposedly off the table. And magically, he quit saying crazy shit once that was off the table. Yeah. And Ryan Walter still must think he's in play for a national uh, position of some sort. But mm-hmm. he can't talk in front of an audience. He trips up really easy. So what's weird is he's a, he's a, he was a history teacher. What? And uh, yeah, he was a history teacher. That, that's, that's why he knows how to do this. And so he's from a place uh, called McAllister, Oklahoma, which is Little Dixie. Um, you know, they, they've still got some white supremacist issues down there and everything else. But he originally was a good guy and taught in inner city schools. And we have Zoom calls of him teaching mm-hmm. proper history about the Tulsa race riot. Oh, proper wow. history. And then, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we got everything on this idiot. But the people mm-hmm. that voted him in, most of them just don't seem to care. I mean, they just, because all they've ever heard is, we've got a segment on one of our local newscasts that are like, um, chaos in the classroom at six. And they've been yeah. teasing these guys on this stuff. And, and you know, what's the big, tell everybody what the big lie is, Deepak. Which one at this point is what I have to ask you? The, the, oh, the theory of the big lie. Yeah. <laughs> you need to just, do that just, one. Okay, folks, you just make some shit up. It can't be small. It's got to be huge. And then you just keep saying it. You know, we really Say don't till- have chaos and... Yeah, Say ahead, it till everybody believes it and nobody huh? has any way to counter <laughs> that stupid right. point. <laughs> you, you keep the people out of the open meetings that would ask you about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? So it is, um, it's an amazing thing to watch the rise of this guy because he came from nowhere. He was mm-hmm. a lobbyist for um, charter schools and... Uh, I can't remember the name of the deal, but it was, it was to privatize education. And the okay. governor brought him. Yeah, the governor brought him in as secretary of education and had him on this board, which you don't have to do anything. You just get $40,000 a year for being on the board. Now, would I like that job? Yes, I would, um, especially if I didn't have to do any work. But, but, you know, now that he's a real player and he's on national news weekly, you know, this mm-hmm. week he was on, you know, trying to explain the shit he said last week. And if you're explaining, you're losing. You know, that's yeah. the political thing. What was the thing but, he said? Because I, I did see a news article where it said that he was trying to clarify what he mentioned at, about yeah. the, what Was so, that of any use? <laughs> no. Oh, God, no. Look, he was in a room full of teachers. And they did the things that annoying students do to get to teachers. And it worked. You know, mm-hmm. they question him on hard questions. They go... Because he's an anti-CRT, which is critical race theory, which is usually only taught in colleges. But Mm -hmm. in Oklahoma, CRT would be, if you're not allowed to teach CRT, how do you teach the Tulsa race massacre? Because that is critical race theory. Whites did go kill all these blacks, burn their stuff down, and run them out of town. Mm -hmm. And somewhere or another, try to blame them for it. Um, So if that would be critical. Like you're saying, Hey, you people, these people probably shouldn't have done this. And he wanted them to teach it without including race. And you How go, do you even do that. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. I mean, 
That's, but that's like saying guy, like the, <laughs> the Germans were taking a casual walk in Poland one afternoon. Do I say, right. <laughs> can I do that with World War II? <laughs> just just kept, kept rolling on through like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I so there's no there's no way to, to do that. It just doesn't exist. And so they called him on it. He He's never, pre- here's the thing, the guy doesn't prepare. And I've always said, I think he might have some issues with the booger sugar. And those of you who don't know what booger sugar is. Uh, don't don't it, look it up. You'll get put on some list. <laughs> exactly. Um, he His eyes are glazed over a lot and not the normal mm. way. I, I've owned bars for 40 years. I know what somebody looks like when they're high or drunk. And he's mm. got the look. And I'm not saying he is. He's got the look, though. So. Um, but he doesn't do his homework. And if you're going to be in politics, you need to be able to answer questions. Like if I'm a Democrat in Oklahoma, I've got to be able to talk to you about guns in a way that you feel like I understand what they are because everybody here likes guns. They do. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get rid of them. You're not going to do anything about it. Um, it would be great if we could quit having mass shootings. You know, that's that's probably yeah. the best way to go. Why don't you guys help me figure out a way mm-hmm. to not have less mass shootings? I'm not trying to take anybody's guns. I'm good with it. Here's what my favorite ones to hunt with were, that kind of stuff. Yeah, if you don't know how to do that. If you give them that option, that stupid NRA asshole will come out and be like, yeah, we need a good guy with a gun inside every class. <laughs> and so, and I had a guy say that to me and I go, that can't be our answer to everything because it's not mm-hmm. working. So how about you sit down and come up with an answer with me and then I'm not the bad guy. Yeah. And, and then it's just silence. But, but you got to be able to talk about it. Hey, man, I, I have owned plenty of weapons in my life. I have no issues with them. Um, but something's out of hand. Mm-hmm. You know, how about we yeah. study it and find out what's out of hand? I think that's fair. So uh, I'm sure they'll pull this from that. When I'm speaking to them in two weeks, I'm going to hear back everything I've just said. <laughs> but, but I'm okay with it. I can have an honest conversation about it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, but Ryan, Ryan is ill-prepared. And, yeah. uh, and I've had people, so there's a, it's a, it's a Facebook page where all these educators go down out there and talk about things. Yeah. And they were talking about me getting thrown out of that meeting. And one of the guys was like, he is just too aggressive. And a bunch of these teachers were like, he's the only one that will do anything. <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, but I don't like it. And you go, what is the option? They are you know, mm-hmm. literally these people are beating the shit out of you. And some random guy comes up and goes, you want some help? And you go, yes. And so he beats up a few of the people and you go, well, I didn't, I didn't say you should hit anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I think we're, we're at a flux time with this guy. So here's one thing that I, I should have covered in the first half. So we have a guy mm-hmm. that's become very wealthy with a group of stores called Quick Trip. And um, mm. they've been around for uh, 40 years or so. And he's yeah. very wealthy and he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he took out a full page ad in the Tulsa newspaper, which probably cost twenty or $30,000. I know it's not much money yeah. to him, but it would be to us. And mm-hmm. it said, Ryan Walters, we are tired of your lying and BS with the guy's name on the bottom. Regular, nice. you know, staunch Republican voter. Yeah, you go, when, when rich people are willing to, you spend their money against you when generally the stuff you do helps them um, yeah. you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so let me give you a couple of, let me give you a couple of uh, things that the guy could do to turn this around. 
Um, so I'm in this, I talked to you about being in this two a meeting the other week and, uh, and this guy got up and he talked about specifically black schools and, and, you know, the way he put it was terrible, but he wasn't Mm. wrong. That's, that's the problem. You go, okay, let's, can we just not say that first sentence and then I can listen to you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so why do we not have like the world, the, the state's best, um, reading teachers like that have their own bus and if your school is struggling with that the bus pulls up and 40 of the best educators in reading come in and work with everybody you don't have to keep doing it once somebody knows how to read you teach Mm -hmm. them the enjoyment of reading and they could go to the next school that was in need and the next like paratroopers you know just going on to help Mm -hmm. how is how the hell has that not happened in a budget of seven billion dollars, which is, you know, we're paying mm-hmm. anywhere from five to seven billion dollars. You go, and we really don't have a rapid strike force that goes in and does reading yeah. or math. Yeah, just you know, like tutors, right? To show up and just help the yeah. kids catch up or whatever. Right. And and look, the 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 thing is, is you go to most jails and prisons, the illiteracy rate is 80% or higher. It's huge. So we know what it causes down the line. Yeah. Would it be smart as a society to invest a few hundred thousand or even million, a couple of million for a bus and these specific super educators that really, for some reason or another, they're gifted in teaching reading. If you can't read, especially with everything on a tablet, a phone or a computer now, you're worse yeah. off than you were 20 years ago or 30 years ago because you could get by with it then. Yeah. But there, there does seem to be a concerted effort to not educate this group of people any better. Yeah. And I don't think I'm wrong there. If your guy stands up, that's your education guy, and the five schools he points out all have one thing in common – and it's that they're African-American. Well, how'd that happen? <laughs> how are all these schools in Yukon, Moore, Edmond, all of these suburbs doing great? Mm-hmm. And then you look at these few inner city schools and they're not. Yeah. I mean, are those people inherently wrong? or Or do we go, hey, let's actually face the problem there is, which is reading. Reading's number yeah. one. If you can't read, nothing else works. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we f- figure out a way to go in at first, second, and third grade, and we bring in the super teachers, figure out what the deal is. There, if there is an A team of teachers, that not every teacher is the same. There are some mm-hmm. that are brilliant at it, and there are some that don't. Man, I probably should have chosen a different career. Yeah. So, right? Why didn't Ryan Walters do that? He could save his entire career by making mm-hmm. that move. Yeah. But it doesn't help his base which is the white power group mm. right that's yeah why would you help the inner city schools right. when you can't even mention what they compromise on <laughs> right exactly yeah that would be that would be critical race theory teaching mm-hmm. once you say that he's the guy that made that that you can't say it that's yeah. it is i just can't believe we're in this we we're in an area right now that I just I'm, I'm flabbergasted by. And, you know, you know, what's good, though. Let me tell you what's good about all this. I, I feel like I've monopolized our conversation, so I'm sorry. Um, 
the fact that I may get arrested over this shit may be the best thing that happens. Just yeah, people that enough. look like me. Yeah. Yeah. Go weirdly ahead, enough, from my point of view, I was thinking about it and I was like, oh shit, if he actually gets charged, it probably does more good for this cause than anything else right. that has happened. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It would kind of also put this state, I guess, in a very iffy predicament because wouldn't it be the attorney general who has to do it at that point? Since you were at the Capitol? Since we're at the Capitol, I believe so. But look, I am not a lawyer or an expert in this, so I'm going to have to defer mm -hmm. to somebody else. I don't know. But I, well, and I, and look, we all, I, I don't want to sound like I am important, but we all know mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. I mean, we're not buddies. We've never had lunch together. I know him. He knows me. We see each other in a room. We nod. You know, we're not, mm -hmm. we're not, I don't, I don't want to know the attorney general that well. Because, you know, yeah. that means I was doing some stupid shit. I knew the, the last attorney general shit. I mean, I've known that guy for 20 years. I mean, I could literally, his phone's in, numbers in my phone, call him up. And mm -hmm. so I, this may be the best thing that happens is yeah. they arrest me. Because, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm going to run it into the ground. Oh, Yeah. Sean, right. I don't even want you on national news. I don't know why I would want you on international <laughs> news. That would just be annoying for me. <laughs> but we would get so many more listeners. So it's all in the way you look at it. I mean, you you and I talk about more stuff here politically. Um, you know, I do I do a podcast on Tuesdays with a guy named Kit. And Kit yeah. and I talk about stuff, but, but we don't usually talk about theory. You and I talk about theory because... We both come from the same weird political background. Um, and what I mean by that is from an educational standpoint, you go, this is rhetoric. I mean, I, I can yeah. identify it right now. This boom, boom, boom is rhetoric. You know, rhetoric is only taught. OU is one of the weird schools that teaches it. But our politicians don't even know what it is. Mm -hmm. Except it's the guy that was know you. teacher. Good. Do what? There's a course in OU. No. Yeah, well, Keith Gaddy used to teach it. He's gone now, so okay. I don't know if anybody does anymore. But it's rarely taught in America. Mm -hmm. Do you know, uh, when, you know I used to when I was taking those uh, classes in, um, when I used to teach the kids who came into university, I guess their bachelor's degree at UCO, in, right. when I used to teach them introduction to advertising, I used to tell them about but I used to tell That's it rhetoric. from the advertising perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's do, every, do everything you can to target their heartstrings till their wallet yeah. falls out, and then you run. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, you know, and, and I have to be honest with you. So I took psychology in college, and yeah. everybody in the room were really soft and sweet. And I mean, everybody you kind of want to hang around your kids, maybe not be your kids, but hang around your kids because they're really good people. And then one day they're like, why are you here? And I go, oh, I just want to understand how the human mind works so I can manipulate it. <laughs> like, what? And I go, well, I mean, it is advertising. That, that is, mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't realize how personal all of them took it that I said that. But I was like, shit, I mean, that's why I was there. Hey, but I'll <laughs> tell you, like, the best thing that I always told anybody was that anything evil in the universe I've done a little bit of work on it through advertising right. or investment banking. <laughs> oh yeah, undoubtedly. And and you know that look that's the that's the nature of the beast though. But you and I can also look at somebody's campaign and go, eh, I don't think so on that one. You know, I yeah. knew I knew the, the the guy we've been talking about, this superintendent named Ryan Walters. I knew mm -hmm. once he embraced the white power stuff, he was going to win. 
no and really and it sucks that- oh god yeah yeah it's 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 big here it's big here mm-hmm. you know so think if you were if you were uh, a caucasian oklahoman and you'd been here for generations and you had not been rich yet the dream yeah. of you getting rich is 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 lower and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden the people that were below you used to be the natives and the blacks the natives they've all got money now and they're, they're not all yeah. a lot of them have money now and the tribes have figured out how to how to how to run casinos and hotels and all this other stuff and it's working yeah so people are are moving above you and that's an uncomfortable feeling you know mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that is they feel like they've been left behind donald trump spoke to white oklahomans really well mm-hmm. he he literally and 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 rightfully so they have a reason to complain that nobody's looking out for them but you know yeah. as a small businessman nobody's looking out for me either you know they're not special mm-hmm. you know the only reason politicians look out for people that give them money yeah that's how it works if, if you don't give them any money or your family doesn't give them any money or your union doesn't give them any money yeah, you don't really matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 why I'm in city politics. I don't care what party you are. I got to try to fix your problem. Otherwise, you'll be at the next meeting again and the next <laughs> meeting again. <laughs> you every now and then see those videos, right, of the city council meetings. And I'm like, oh, uh, my God, where do these people crawl out of? <laughs> oh, dude, so... <laughs> The the guy who tried to keep me out of the school board meeting, um, mm-hmm. they, he unfortunately keeps doing TV interviews and you and I both would give him advice and say, don't do any. And uh, mm-hmm. they were like, well, do you know this other, the big old tall guy that was with him? He goes, oh yeah, I know him. He's my brother. And I'm like, oh, don't say oh, that. I mean, God, and this dude. is as the guy suing him. I'm like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> You just admitted there's a connection. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. And, right. Because then it doesn't look like it was impromptu. It was organized. Mm-hmm. So hey, I feel bad for him, but that's, that is where we're at. Let's, um, let's talk a little more about that movie. I mean, the series. Cause so yeah. there was five or six parts to it. Correct. Yeah. There are six parts. Who did, who did you find to be most disturbing? Hmm. I think it would have been, for some weird reason, I found Saddam Hussein really oh, yeah. weird. Yeah, it's like a very odd oh. thing, the way he grew up and yep. how he... And tortured, and, tortured animals and shit as a yeah. kid. Right? Yeah, okay. like, can you think, like, if you saw a kid at that age walking around with a metal stick or whip or whatever the hell he used to carry around and torture small yeah. animals and scare people, you'll be like, yeah. But yeah. think about the frenzy. Like, if you appeal to people's fear, they will still vote for you. And they right. actually really liked him initially. When he, same with well, all of them, to be honest. Okay, so I'm going to... I. For anybody listening, I know this sounds like a setup because you said Saddam Hussein. So, uh, have I ever told you I worked with his cousin? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. The guy's name is Amir Hussein, and okay. he ran either the Air Force or some some deal for him. Colonel in the Air Force. And I'm like, did you know how to fly a plane? You know, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> that doesn't mean you know how to fly. So, 
So I'm working at a restaurant called Al Roubaix in Kansas City, Missouri, when I'm a young kid. And the owner of it is a nomadic Kurd, which Saddam mm -hmm. Hussein was a Kurd. And I don't know if the owner was related or not, but in the middle of his rise to power, um, we got a bunch of these guys over from Iraq and they were working okay. as waiters in the restaurant while they were going to school for engineering. Sounds very Indian, doesn't it? I know. <laughs> so, right. So <laughs> I'm working with all these Middle Easterners and I do not speak uh, Arabic or Farsi. I, mm -hmm. I'm, it's inexcusable for as many years as I worked with them, but I don't speak any of the languages. So this one guy, everybody's all excited this guy's shown up. So I, he's somebody. But he shows yeah. up, tall, skinny guy, about six foot three, but an intensity to him that is unusual. I will, I think that's fair to say. Um, mm -hmm. So I get to know him pretty well. He try, he keeps trying to date my sister, for God's sakes, <laughs> and, uh, which was a little weird because, you know, I studied him pretty well, but he always mm -hmm. had a pistol on him. He was never unarmed. And, you know, back then you weren't allowed to carry guns like that. But the U.S. government brought him here. So he must have been one of the close inner circles of Saddam Hussein. And as he was killing everybody off, this guy somewhere or another got out of the country. Funny as hell. Um, he could play a drum on a plate better than anybody I've ever seen. And in a moment would go from this psychotic nutcase to the funniest human being you've ever seen. But he had been tortured by Saddam Hussein. They, they put uh, metal poles beneath, uh, behind his calf muscles and uh -huh. then hung him up. Oh, wow. Literally. And the tear marks and everything are there. You can't make this shit up. And I was like, God damn, dude, what happened to you? And he was like, oh, they again, motherfucker, you go torture me. And he'd go off into a rant. And you're, you're like, <laughs> And he didn't look like Saddam Hussein, but half of the other people I worked with did. Um, but this guy looked different. He had a big, gigantic ass nose. He almost looked Iranian, but the nose okay. was like a, a hook one. Mm -hmm. But literally worked with the guy for years, <laughs> years and years. And that is so, so weird. Dude. Right. It's his cousin. And I don't think I've ever told a story about this guy ever. Um, but now that Saddam's dead, it doesn't matter anymore. And I, I, he was like a, like a mobster that gets moved to another city. He was so mm. in the public eye, nobody thought anything of it. And I didn't yeah. think anything of it till I saw him in shorts and saw those goddamn mutilated legs. Oh, wow. Right. But here's the thing. He walked around like nothing happened. Didn't mm -hmm. care. I mean, it was crazy as shit. Yeah. Okay, I don't know why I went off on that tangent. Oh, because you said Saddam Hussein was your yeah. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> that boy's crazy. Which one was the one you found the most weird dictatorish? <laughs> so, so I thought I, I always look at it and go, who did I watch as a kid and not mm. understand what was going on? And Idi Amin, Idi Amin literally looked like a preacher. You know, he had a big old smile real yeah. warm and everything and then he was just killing people right and left but that you know the, the big thing they opened with is you have to be a good narcissist you know i mean you mm -hmm. saddam was a great narcissist you know the you know the the fall of saddam the real rumor in the uh in the not really underbelly of the, the cia was he couldn't be bought that's why they got mm -hmm. rid of him
you could buy uh, off everybody else or give them something they needed to keep them in power. That he was, there was something oddly honest about it with all of this other bullshit he was doing, but that he wouldn't corrupt himself to the U.S. And that's what it was actually about. Yeah. Because if you even see, I don't the... want to get you in trouble in India talking about too much of this shit. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is all based on characters from history. If it resembles any person right. living, that is yeah. not really. We my don't problem. mean it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think it's bizarre that I ended up in this. So I had a kid working for me, or not for me, with me. Um, God dang it! What was his? What was his name? His dad was known as the Colonel. And he was a mm -hmm. South Vietnamese colonel. And when the fall of Vietnam happened, they Americans got them out and moved his family over. Here. Tommy, Tommy, it was the guy's first name. I guess I probably shouldn't say his last name. But anyway, so his dad goes from being a colonel in the South Vietnamese army to um, he was an Orkin pest control guy crawling under houses, you know, doing oh, pest no. control. But I worked with so. I worked with specific people involved in the large end of Vietnam. And this is just because I worked in restaurants. This isn't that I was special. You know, mm -hmm. that's where they were. And he and I would sit around and bullshit about politics at 15 and 16 years old, like you and I do now as an adult. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. And then I worked with all these other guys and the Amir Hussein guy. <laughs> <laughs> So every now and then when we talk, I realize that there's some untold story that you haven't yet uh, mentioned. <laughs> shit. Well, you know, yeah, because I, I, I don't think anything of it because it's just, I mean, this guy made great food. I mean, honestly, that's mm -hmm. what I knew him for. You know, yeah. he made he made kebabs that tasted better than anybody else's kebabs, <laughs> and he wasn't even a chef. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and they had like the, the two foot long ones that were just nothing but it, but the reason it was is it was beef tenderloin marinated yeah. in garlic and onions and olive oil shit it was delicious <laughs> <laughs> that does sound yummy <laughs> and and that's the guy that i spent hours with having coffee after work or you know most of them, those guys didn't usually drink it didn't seem so you know the mm. the bigger the bigger folks, but, and, and, you know, he didn't talk about any of his military stuff at all. Okay. You know, after I said, can you actually fly helicopter? <laughs> they probably, probably did me in on that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And so, you know, we watch all of these people and you go to that six degrees of separation and mm -hmm. I don't know how the hell it happens with me, but I end up in the room with a lot of these crazy fuckers. So, <laughs> Sean, here is uh, where someone will agree with you and be like, it's that goddamn immigration policy that we have in America. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but, you know, you think of all of these guys came in and did great stuff. I mean, that's that's mm -hmm. what's uh, that's what's unique. I mean, it really the, the Mediterranean influence or Middle Eastern influence that I had. I understand what I understood what the nomadic Kurds were. I understand what the different types of Muslims were at that time that were fighting. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know anybody else that had that experience. I got to hear the inside Vietnamese story about Vietnam rather than a story that I was seeing, you know, I mean, think of, mm -hmm. think of how unusual that was at 15 years old to get the Colonel's kids version. Inside scoop on it rather than what the PR no. narrative of it was. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. and so does that make me special? No. Does it make me question authority more? Fuck yes. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I would go with Edie. I mean, to answer your question earlier, just because that is the guy you got to be afraid of. People loved him, mm-hmm. even though he was doing that terrible stuff. They loved yeah. him, and and you know the theory is you'd rather be feared than loved. Edie, I mean, didn't last very long. Saddam yeah. Hussein did. Yeah, he did. What was it? 30, 40 years, something like that. Um, I no, I think he was twenty something, and then the the longest one was Gaddafi. I think Gaddafi mm. lasted the longest, and I wasn't overly, you know, his stuff doesn't impress me as much. Um, yeah. but he held on the longest. But he mm. liked being the nutcase, and Mussolini liked being the nutcase, and and knew he was playing an acting role like an opera singer. You know, Mussolini's an interesting one, but you know, Italians like a strong male figure. They they like that, mm-hmm. and so he played. He gave them exactly what they wanted. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, right? I, Part of that is also the strong men who say that I am the only one who can fix your problem. That's how you. Even win though those. I, cre- <laughs> even, <laughs> even though, though I, I might have created, created it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's the big one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and you just go, most societal, okay, so here's here's my political lesson before you and I go. Yeah. In politics, the reason you have to get everybody at the table is because you have to throw them a piece of meat. You, mm-hmm. you have to have coalitions. Things do not get done by one person. Um, oh, yeah. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, in a matter of 45 days, had the vaccine for COVID. That, mm-hmm. that literally, and he gets no credit for it whatsoever because it was a cluster after that. <laughs> but he really and truly should get credit for that. But mm-hmm. one person just can't get anything done. You've got to get all of these people on board. And to get them on board, you have to throw them a piece of meat. You don't get to keep all the meat yourself. It's mm-hmm. real simple. Now, you look at that big steak and go, I want all of it. Okay, well, you're going to get killed if you take all of it. How about half yeah. of it and you divvy up the other half? That works. And mm-hmm. and none of us, everybody wants to to have the whole thing. And then that's what ends up getting them. It, you know, you look at that. So the, the tyrant deal is, so then they kill off all of their people around them that help them get in power. Mm-hmm. Hell, those, that was your insulation. Now you're wide open to assassination at that point. Oh, yeah. Crazy okay. shit. Getting back to like the teachers thing, I was I was yeah. looking at something the other day, which was uh, how the the technology movement from Silicon Valley, right? It's actually affected us in a very weird way, where everybody now is more individual than we ever were. Right. And what that did was that it kind of dissolved the collective bargaining power of any group. Yeah. Because right. say, for instance, you are a teacher in a school that pays really well and all of that. At times, you right. look at the other teachers protesting and you couldn't care less because your life is fine, right? Yeah. Like one day, you you. Might go da- right. Yeah, one day you might go down there and protest, but the second day you're like, Ugh. the same thing yeah. with like, if it's not your exact suffering, you don't really want to do much about it. Yeah. And you fighting so for I, them is awesome, I, but... So I, what I have to do at this point in my life, so um, I'll, I'll be 60 next month. And that, and I know that doesn't sound like a big deal to everybody anymore because you're like, well, you'll live to this. And you go, I'm in the last quarter. No matter what, <laughs> I'm in the last quarter. I mean, like like the clock is ticking. And 
And so you start to think about what legacy do you want to live be- leave behind? And um, you've been around me enough to know I am not afraid to try any task. I mean, I'm just, I'm just not, a, I'm not a person with an appropriate amount of fear. So I watched these guys create fear in these teachers. They went on strike about um, eight years ago. And they have punished them for this strike like, you're a bad girl, <laughs> and isolated them and cut money from their budgets and threatened them. So this year, the culmination of all this bullshit is mm-hmm. they had a law um, waiting to go on the books that said they could not collect union dues from state paychecks. And if that and- law would have gone through, it would kill the two unions, which, you know, they're not doing anything anyway. It really wouldn't matter this year. But that kept the union silent while Ryan Walters came in and did all these abusive new tactics. Mm -hmm. That's what people don't understand. There's an undercurrent to shutting the people up that helped you and I be the people that we've become. You know, look, Mm -hmm. obviously you are well-educated. I had the option of being well-educated. I ignored a lot of it, but I had the option. Acknowledge five times. Let's be precise. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so as an adult, I feel like I want to make sure or ensure that that legacy is that I stood up for these people and was on the right side of history because education Mm -hmm. matters, you know, and and not that it matters to people. Look, you and I are already the beneficiaries. So we don't get to talk like it's something we need. We already got it. Yeah. Our deal is we've got to make sure it's available for the next generation that comes up. You know, my kids are going to be fine. This is about other people's kids. Yeah. At times I do get caught up like ranting about education and its importance with some of my friends. And they're like, what is your problem? Aren't you like really well educated? Leave it alone. (laughs) If they want to raise dumb kids, let them do it. And I'm like, dude, it's not the point. The country becomes dumber as a whole. (laughs) Yeah. So, so the, the deal is, is what they say is it's about parents' rights. And Mm -hmm. look, I, I would say that's true. So the most educated group in America, in America, um, maybe 20 years ago were Jews um, because the moms all had college, not the, not all, most moms mm-hmm. had college degrees. So they would make sure that the kids don't. You guys, Indians in America, are now the most educated group and you're the highest earners also. It goes together. Mm-hmm. So it does matter. And, and, you know, in the country where we don't have a caste system, you can start mm-hmm. out poor here and with a good education, you can have a damn good life. That does not exist. That does not exist in many places. And we don't give a shit whether your family were untouchables in India or not. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. That is true. One, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to us anyway. You go, (laughs) so just because that dude said that to you, you went along (laughs) with it. Fuck him. You know? (laughs) Fuck that guy. And and so we just we don't have that. Our our story is the person who came here with nothing or the person that started with nothing. You know, my, my kid's grandpa was an orphaned native American kid in Seminole, Oklahoma. And he took care of his brother and until the state came and got him and put him in an orphanage. And they luckily were adopted by the mayor and his wife of, uh, of mm-hmm. Pawhuska, Oklahoma and gave him an education. And then the guy became million worth millions and millions of dollars. That is America. Mm-hmm. 
No, we yeah. can't fix. We can't fix shit of what happened to you, but we'll give you an opportunity to do something if you want to. But you have to take it. No one's going to give it to you. You got to go take mm-hmm. it. So oh, yeah. it's it it still exists, but it's getting smaller. Yeah. yeah. The mobility is reducing. Any yeah. Oh no doubt. Yeah. I mean we're we're getting as bad as other places because you know I, I, people don't want you to do better because it you know you take something away from them. I know it's crazy. So how are we doing on time? We're one minute. Oh, we're less than a oh, minute. Oh, my God. <laughs> so people people have to listen to me for, for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I apologize in advance. <laughs> anyway, just good. listen to our podcast on Spotify and subscribe. <laughs> if you're anyone's right. watching our dumb faces on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, leave us a comment, there we'll you get go. to you. <laughs> cool. All right, my friend. It was good talking to you. Always a pleasure.